I remember in 1995, O.J. Simpson is standing behind that table. He's got his attorney surrounding him. And the jury made a verdict in the murder of his wife and her friend or whatever he was. And I remember hearing that not guilty on all verdicts on all crimes. Not guilty. Then I remember when Judge Lance Ito sat back and said, you know what, we're going to have a Friends of the Court uh, hearing. I'm not going to accept the not guilty plea. We're going to have a Friends of the Court hearing, and we're going we're gonna to keep this going for another four months. And then after all the people who hate O.J. Simpson decide to say, have their say about it, then we're going to, then I'm going to determine whether he's innocent or guilty. Do you remember that back in 1995? Yeah, you don't. Unless you're too young, then you definitely don't remember any of it because it didn't happen. O.J. Simpson was found not guilty. And that was it. He was released. The judge said, you're done. We're done. Let's move on. Here's the thing. O.J. Simpson wasn't a Republican. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, here we are, back again. I'm telling you, there's so much news out there, I can't even stand it. And I'm probably not going to get this one out till Friday, because I decided to do something stupid and watch the coronavirus town hall on CNN. And because I wanted to know what Greta Thunberg was going to actually say about coronavirus. And of course, CNN, the brilliant journalisming they do all the time, basically made it out that it was all about how Greta Thunberg, or Thunberg, or however you pronounce it, uh, felt about the whole thing. And really, it was 15 minutes of a kid, 17-year-old girl who's got Asperger's syndrome, thought about the world or felt about the world because she doesn't think she doesn't she's just a kid she doesn't have a thought in her head it's just how she feels at the time and one of these days we're going to have to talk about all that the big difference between democrats and republicans or better yet the left and everybody else because feelings are more important than anything else but Let's let's go on to this podcast. So President Trump um, has floated a full pardon for Mike Flynn before the DOJ decided to say, you know something, we're not even going to prosecute him over crimes that he probably didn't do. And we need to talk about some of this. And one of the things we should talk about is... Why is Mike Flynn that big of a deal in the first place? What exactly happened with Mike Flynn? And it's a very confusing story. And I think I think we should go over the timeline. Now, let's understand something. This whole thing started because uh, Mike Flynn, who's a general, he's been a general, I think it was the Army, For more than 30 years, he's a highly decorated officer. Lieutenant General is what he ended up being. Um, This this is a man who actually fought for the country. He was a 
he was actually a security, a national security uh, advisor for both Obama and for Trump. So when Obama had him, and we don't know this part yet, but when Obama had him, Obama didn't like him. And Obama told Trump, you need to get rid of Mike Flynn. No real reason was given. And to be honest, I don't think anyone really knows why, except that it's very possible Mike Flynn had some crap on Barack Obama. So Trump wins the election in November of 2016. He hires his staff. He keeps Flynn on. Apparently he doesn't trust Obama that much. And Flynn has a discussion with Sergei Kislyak of Russia. And what ended up happening in that they basically talking about policy of the incoming president. Nothing's illegal about that, by the way. Absolutely nothing is illegal about that. We're going to talk about something called the Logan Act in a few minutes. And the Logan Act has been around since I think it was 1799. Two people have been charged with the Logan Act. No one has been convicted of the Logan Act. And it goes a step further. It's questionable whether the Logan Act is constitutional on several layers. So it's a real iffy, iffy law. But let's get into that. What did he do? Apparently, what the Obama admin, what the administration, or I, I got to be careful here. I'm saying the Obama administration, but what the FBI was accusing Mike Flynn of was, or what they were looking at Mike Flynn for, was a Logan Act violation. And what a Logan Act violation means, it's an individual that goes to another country to discuss policy with that country while there is a which goes against the specific with goes against the administration that is currently in office. So for example, when Jim Carrey went to Iran to tell the Iranians to suck it up while Trump was uh, in office and that Kerry promised that if Trump when Trump lost the next election, the um, uh, Iran nuclear deal would be reinstated, that is technically considered a Logan Act violation. Now, here's the problem with the Logan Act. First off, it's kind of a free speech thing. A, an American citizen can go to another country unless he's actually destroying or giving out secrets from that other country. It's technically not illegal. For example, if I go to the Soviet, if I go to Russia and I say, well, don't worry about it. Trump's going to lose in the next election and everybody will be pulled out. All your ambassadors will be able to come to um, the United States. Yeah, that's treasonous. It's in real bad taste, but that's not actually a violation of any law. And if they tried to convict me of something of the Logan Act, there's a lot of thought that I should be able to go anywhere I want and say whatever I want, just like I can walk around this country and say whatever I want. So the Logan Act is just not something that has actually been used in this country ever. Again, 1799 is when it came out, when it was drafted. It's been used twice, and it has never been successful. But 
This seemed to be a good enough reasonable doubt, a good enough reason for the FBI to actually go in and send a couple of agents to interview um, Flynn. Now, when Flynn had his discussion with uh, Kislyak, he was already, Trump had already won. And it's just not that uncommon for a advisor to speak with people in Russia, speak with other ambassadors, talk about policy. None of that's illegal. Okay, it, it's not. It, it's it happens. Trump. The reason Trump is not put in office, uh, in this case, November, I think it was seventh, two thousand sixteen, is he needs several months to transition. That's why it's January 24th, 2017, that Trump became president. Part of that transition is dealing with other countries. And that's what Flynn did. But because the Obama administration, and we'll, we'll narrow this down to the FBI right now, because it later we're going to talk, it does involve the Obama administration. And Obama, pretty well protected. But it does deal with the Obama administration. They said, well, he went over there. He talked about sanctions. And that's the thing. Um, Obama implemented a ton of sanctions after the Democrats, after Clinton lost the election in 2016. And one of the things in December of 2016 that might have been discussed, I think it's likely to be discussed, we don't know, is those sanctions. And so there was some talk that maybe Flynn had talked about sanctions and that he don't worry about it. Just calm down. The sanctions, by the way, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's what Obama did with Medvedev back in 2012 before the election. So, I mean, he he basically was saying, let's, we'll review it, blah, blah, blah. They talked theoretically because no one really knows they talked about the sanctions on Russia. Kislyak basically reported it. And suddenly they had a Logan Act violation. The Obama administration or the FBI believed they had a Logan Act violation against Flynn. So in January of 2017, they uh, James Comey sent two FBI agents to interview Flynn and find out what happened. Here's the thing. James Comey, through procedure, should have to go to the uh, Trump administration and tell him, hey, we're going to investigate Mike Flynn because we're not really sure what he did. James Comey didn't. And in a famous interview, he actually said, no, well, what did you do? No, I just sent the people there. I just sent the two FBI agents there. Completely violated protocol. So, the two FBI agents go in, they interview him, they tell him they don't need, they didn't read him as Miranda rights. Everyone admits this. They did not. Um, they told him he didn't need a lawyer. Everyone admits this. And they started asking him questions about his conversation with uh uh, uh Kislyak. He answers some questions, he answers other. Um, 
Flynn admitted he did not think this was a big deal. He, whatever. The two FBI agents asked him about, about specifically about talking about foreign policy and sanctions that the Obama administration put on them. Flynn, well, apparently what he said is he didn't remember anything like that. He didn't remember a discussion like that. He also said it's possible, but I just, I just don't remember a conversation like that. And by the way, this is the ambassador of Russia. This is not like he's talking to Putin. So he may not talk to him about that. Or Flynn may not have known anything about so it may have been mentioned, but it, it didn't come it didn't it go very far because Flynn just doesn't deal with that part of policy. And that was it. The FBI agents left the uh, interview and they told the FBI, they told James Comey, well, his memory is kind of iffy, but they did not get any indication that he was actually lying to him. The FBI reported it to the Trump administration when uh, Mike Pence asked Flynn Specifically, if he talked about sanctions with Russia, Flynn said he may, he may not. I don't know what he said. We don't really know. But Pence got a bad feeling about it. And Trump was also getting a bad feeling. They fired Flynn. And they fired Flynn, it seems now, mostly because they didn't want any trouble at the time. You got to understand, Trump is not even president yet. And he's dealing with this crap. And he's like, I don't want to deal with any crap. If there's any problem. President Trump's already said, you can investigate whoever you want. We weren't dealing with Russia, blah, blah, blah. All that started the Russian probe, the Russian investigation, the Mueller report. This went on for three years. And in that time, in that three years, Three years up till last week, Flynn has been paying money. Flynn has been, uh, went bankrupt. Flynn had to get rid of his house because of his lawyer bills. Flynn has actually said he's been guilty twice. And we're going to talk about that in a second because that's a big thing. Flynn said he would cooperate with the FBI which he did, but not to the level the FBI wanted him to. And finally, the DOJ has decided to say, you know what, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. We're going to interview the FBI agents that interviewed him. And the FBI agents in their report said they didn't think he was lying. Hmm. So let's talk about this, because... This is going to be something you, you're going to hear on CNN, MSNBC, and all of those other left-wing news channels, which are basically Democratic news channels. Flynn pleaded guilty twice. Yes, he did. The first time he pleaded guilty was because he was broke. He couldn't afford his attorneys anymore. He lost his house. He was done. There was nothing more. He never sat back and said, I have something for you. And he agreed to cooperate. 
In the middle of his first guilty plea, the Mueller, the Mueller report or the Mueller investigation took six months to sit back and try and find something that uh, Flynn could help him with. They never found anything. The second time he pled guilty, uh, probably another three months, and by the way, it was about nine months of uh, continuances that the Mueller investigation wanted to hold. He pled guilty again, and it was because his son was threatened with jail time because the FBI was going to go after the son. What's that called? Oh yeah, coercion. This is not a good this is not a good catch. And all the time Flynn had nothing for them. They were looking for some um connection between Russia and the Trump campaign. They couldn't find it. They never found it. And right now, Flynn, the DOJ says, under William Barr, they say, hey, we've got nothing. We can't prosecute this guy. And that's where we are today. And that's what we're going to talk about. So remember this. Now, this was, this was a very loose conversation about what happened. It, it actually gets complicated, but not more complicated than you need to know that I need to know. This all started with Carter Page, the surveillance. And in that surveillance, they had found out that um, there was a discussion between uh, someone and uh, uh, Kislyak, Sergei Kislyak of Russia. And then the they wanted to know who that was, the Obama administration. And apparently 39 other people wanted to find out about it. And that's when we had an unmasking. So here's the problem with unmasking. It's illegal. And we're going to talk about that. So let's get, let's get into the other part, uh, which talks about, okay, Flynn's free as a bee in a tree, right? DOG decided to um, skip charges. That should be it, right? No, that can't be it. The reason that can't be it is because we do live in too much of a politically charged environment. And so what ended up happening? Judge Emmett Sullivan, a judge who was uh, a Clinton Clinton appointee, a federal district court judge, submitted an amicus curare, which stands for friend of the court. And this allows briefs from former, from other people to actually add on to the decision of the uh, DOJ. So essentially what happens is the judge doesn't like the DOJ's decision. So the DOJ, so he allows other people to make arguments against the DOJ's decision to drop the charges. This is unprecedented. Unprecedented. Basically, this never happens in a criminal trial. 
imagine if O.J. Simpson, and that's why I used that introduction, O.J. Simpson was found not guilty of murder, okay, and it's the same thing, if the prosecution drops the charges on O.J. Simpson, they can't prove O.J. Simpson did it. It's the same thing as the jury saying O.J. Simpson didn't do it. Hey, if here's the thing people don't understand. If charges are dropped on you, you're exonerated. If a jury acquits you, you're exonerated. Period. End of story. There's no asterisk there. That's what Pelosi and all of them tried to do with Trump when he was exonerated from the Ukraine thing. They said, oh, he's always going to be impeached. They're always be Well, no, yeah. He was impeached, yes. He was exonerated at the end of it. Well, they didn't have enough evidence or they didn't do investigation. Doesn't matter. He's exonerated. It's over. Same thing. So imagine, let's go back to my, my analogy. O.J. Simpson decided to, oh, uh, or Lance Ito, with the O.J. Simpson not guilty verdict, decided, oh, wait, amicus curare. I want to hear from the friends of the court, whatever that means. I, I have no idea what that means. And let's see how it makes a how that decision is made. And I'll tell you where this is actually used. We're, we're going to get there. And then all of the Simpson family and the Goldman family go in there and they testify and that changes the judge's mind? Then what? You're going to throw O.J. Simpson in prison for the rest of his life? That's exactly what's happening here. Now, first thing I'm going to tell you, and here's an example of where you would use this because it's used in civil trials. And it makes sense to use in civil trials. If the jury finds that, let's say, Bernie Madoff is not guilt, well, that's a bad example because that was a criminal. But if there is a lawsuit against Bernie Madoff and the jury finds that, okay, we're going to award $60 million or we're not going to award anything, that's when an amicus curare might be actually applied. Because the judge thinks that this guy, yeah, he should be paying something. And so they'll all listen to a bunch of people who lost all their money under Bernie Madoff. And then the jury would say, yeah, he should pay something. That's where this is actually used for. It's not used. It, it's basically expanding the plaintiff base. That's what it is. But in this case... You can't expand the prosecutor's base. It's illegal. It is, well, it's not illegal, but it's never been done before and it's not going to be accepted. What's probably going to end up here is that the defense, and they've already said they're going to do this, they're going to go in and they're going to say, well, this Judge Sullivan, he needs to recuse himself. He's obviously a partisan hack, which he is. And we can't have him making any decisions like this. The appellate court is going to say, yes, Sullivan is either going to say, okay, I'll be recused. I personally think he'll recuse himself. I don't think he's going to drop it. And then this whole thing's going to go away. Flynn is gone. The DOJ is not going to prosecute. And that's a problem. 
for Democrats especially. The problem with this whole thing with Democrats is, uh, yeah, it's a stalling tactic is what it ends up being. You hear more crap about Judge Flynn. But what Flynn is missing in this whole thing is money. This is a stalling tactic to really break Flynn. Because if Flynn, if, if this judge actually said, yeah, you're free to go, you're done, we're done, then Flynn doesn't have to pay for attorneys. But this, this guarantees another three months of BS. What do I think should happen? I, Trump should just pardon him. I, I think that's what it comes down to. Pardon him. Period. Flynn obviously has something that scares the living crap out of the Obama administration. Oh, and he, we know he's got a lot on the Obama administration. Okay, so that brings us to our third story. The Obama administration never left, liked Michael Flynn. And we never really knew why. And to this day, we really don't know why. The only thing we do know is that Michael Flynn probably has some dirty laundry on the Obama administration. Now, I know a lot of you are sitting back and saying, what dirty laundry could he have? Right? I mean, Obama was the president for eight years who had absolutely no scandals, right? Yeah, no, he did. He did. And Flynn knew about a lot of things. Flynn was not popular with the Obamas, the Obama administration. He was not popular. When this whole thing happened, people were wondering where this came from. This all, don't forget, this all started with Carter Page being investigated for talks with the Russians. And that's where that FISA came from. And at this point, Flynn had discussions with the Russians, specifically Kislyak. Kislyak was being spied upon. Kislyak, the, all the transcripts were released to the Obama administration. But because you cannot spy on an American citizen, Obama was, or the uh, uh, Flynn's name was redacted from all those reports. Well, the Obama administration, for some reason, wanted to know who exactly was Kislyak talking to. There were 39 different requests to unmask the individual who was talking to Kislyak. What is unmasking? Unmasking means because you cannot spy on an American citizen, American citizens on any kind of uh, intelligence gathering are redacted. You can only talk to foreign nationals. You can listen to foreign nationals, know who they're talking to. There were 39 different unmasking requests. And unmasking is, I want to know who that is. Let's unmask him, find out who it is. 39 different unmasking requests for Flynn's uh, transcripts between Kislyak. The day the unmasking was allowed, and by the way, unmasking, you're not going to hide this stuff. This requires a lot of paperwork. 
This requires requests, official requests, and it requires justifications. Now, everyone had been saying there were these unmasking, who unmasked Flynn, blah, blah, blah. We never knew who. And CNN and MSNBC, they were all saying it was conspiracy theory. Flynn wasn't unmasked. It was leaked, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't. Flynn was unmasked. Flynn's identity during a spying uh, session, Flynn's name was released. So who are those 39 individuals? Let's just take a look at the important ones. Well, there was Samantha Power, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations. She made a request six, I'm sorry, one, two, three, seven times. National Director of Intelligence, or Director of National Intelligence, James Clapper, who is on CNN constantly, asked three times. By the way, why does Samantha Power, U.S. Ambassador, need to know any of that? That's, she's not intelligence. Chief of Mission, Deputy Chief of Mission, Kelly Duke Deegan. I don't even know who that is. She asked. The U.S. Ambassador to Italy and the Republic of San Marino, John R. Phillips? He asked. Who's he? What does an ambassador of Italy and the Republic of San Marino need intelligence information for. Oh, that's right. He was a uh, supporter of Obama. S Director of the CIA, John Brennan, asked, for twi asked twice. And this is interesting because John Brennan said he never asked. He didn't know anything about it. OIA Director, Patrick Collin. Secretary of the Treasury, Jacob Liu. Acting Assistant Secretary, Treasury, Arthur Danny McLean, why he'd need to know, I don't know. Acting Deputy Assistant Secretary Treasury, Mike Newfeld. Deputy Secretary of the Treasury, Sarah Raskin, why she needs to know. Why does the entire Treasury need to know? As a matter of fact, there's another Treasury person, there's another Treasury person. It's not even necessary for me to discuss. They've got like six people who were asked for this in the Treasury. Probably, I don't know why. I have no idea. U.S. NATO Defense Advisor Robert Bell asked once. Don't know why that's an issue. James Comey, Director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Makes you wonder why he wouldn't tell anyone, huh? Mr. I don't know why, I didn't know anything, we did an investigation, blah, 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 blah. Then you have... Uh, people who were redacted, Chief Syria Group um, Commander, Deputy Assistant Director of NEMC, I don't even know what that is, U.S. NATO Office of Defense Advisor, ODA Policy Advisor, Lieutenant Paul Greenberg, that kind of makes sense. I mean, he's dealing with Russia. Um, let's see, who else? Let's keep going. Lots of people. Lots of people who probably don't need to know, and of course, some of it's redacted. For example, the U.S. ambassador to Turkey. What does he need to know about this for? Then you have the chief of staff of the president of the United States, Dennis McDonough. Wow, that's a big one. Deputy director of national intelligence for intelligence integration, Michael Dempsey. Principal deputy director of national intelligence, Stephanie O'Sullivan. 
And finally, someone who just admitted this week he had n- did not know anything about Michael Flynn or the investigation, Vice President of the United States Joseph R. Biden. Oh my God. This is not even the criminal investigation. This is all part of the criminal investigation. But this is not even something that they are dealing with in the criminal investigation. And one name on this list appears to be missing. And you might be asking, where's that name? Uh, Well, where's Barack Obama in this whole thing? Don't panic. Barack Obama is there. Barack Obama, why would the Secretary of State want to know, want to unmask Flynn? if it wasn't from direct orders of Barack Obama. Very interesting stuff. I waited a full day for this stuff. I waited a full day from this stuff. And you could tell there was some real panic in the the Obama administration. Obama had an interview last just a couple of days ago about COVID-19. He hasn't said a word about COVID-19. 19. But now he decided to bring it up to make Trump look bad. To try to bring his name higher than it's been in the last four years. And suddenly, there's no talk of any of this. Listen, folks, here's something really important. News media is not talking about this. They're already calling it a conspiracy theory. The problem is the conspiracy theory is out the window because they have paperwork on all this. This is not conspiracy theory anymore. I never talked about this in my previous podcast because I just didn't know about it. There just wasn't enough paperwork about it. So why bring it up? Um, There's a ton of paperwork now. We can see what's happening. General Michael Flynn was screwed. And now we're seeing, oh my God, the Obama administration made sure he was going to get screwed. And seeing this Sullivan in, uh, uh, in the federal courts doing what he's doing, which makes no sense legally. You can tell they're trying to make sure Flynn is completely screwed by the end of this. This is only the beginning. John Durham is running a criminal investigation on this. He can call people. John Durham knows all about this. He's known all about this. And not once did John Durham or William Barr sit back and prosecute anyone. And this was last year. People, when the first time this stuff was released, James Comey and all these people should have been prosecuted and people were flipping out. Don't flip out. They know what's going on now. They're beginning to pick this whole thing apart. And if you thought... That Richard Nixon was corrupt, and Richard Nixon was corrupt. We are going to be smelling all sorts of sewage after we finally open this can. It's going to be really bad. Okay, so you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. 
uh, visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I actually have all the links for the stories. Um, there are no videos, no pictures, so it's not going to be that interesting, but you can read the links. And I suggest you read the links because I did shorten them a little bit. I hope you enjoyed tonight. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>